what's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? Because you guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Card Progression Podcast. And yes, it is Tuesday. It is the 25th of January. And today we are talking about an album that is coming out on February 11th called Deadlock by Envisions. And who do we have on the podcast? <laughs> we have Envisions on the podcast. So before we jump into the whole podcast, I want to thank our sponsors first, Phoenix Fitness. Yes, we're getting towards the end of January, I know, but if you're still on that New Year's resolution kick of getting healthy, getting in shape, lifting the weights like Arnold, yeah, or just lifting the weights like me and running and gunning and doing all the stuff, you know, on the hamster wheel, on the treadmill, or down the bike or whatever it might be, you know, achieving your fitness goals, that's fantastic. Keep it up. Keep going at it. But if you're also looking for something to help you recover right, help you prepare right, and make sure you achieve those fitness goals, that's where Phoenix Fitness comes. And they have different products to help you get to those fitness goals, such as different pre-workouts, both Sim and Sim Free, to help fuel your workout right before you get going. I use the Sim Free stuff because, well, you guys know how much energy I have. It's wild. I'm on like three hours of sleep right now, but I really don't give a shit. I'm still cranked up. They also have BCW recovery compounds to help you recover better protein to help you build muscle for your morning, your midnight or your nighttime, I should say, and right after your workout, creatine to help you build muscle, multivitamins to help, you know, get those vitamins in you. Anything you might need, Phoenix Fitness has for you. Our listeners get 15% off using the code MSOTD at FNXFit.com. Link in the description of the podcast. Our second sponsor is Custom Debuts. So you want some cool custom posters when it comes to different bands, any band you want. Um, say you want a custom poster around Deadlock by Envisions, which now that I think about that, it's actually not a bad idea considering what we talk about the album on this podcast. Like, it's a freaking good album, like a really good album. Enough about that. So what I could do is I could go give them the album, give them the band name, and what they'll do is they'll make a custom poster around the album arc and the track listing for me, and they'll give me a proof in like 48 hours what it'll look like. If I don't like it, I can tell them what to change about it. They'll change it for me, and until I'm satisfied... They'll make as many changes as I want. When I'm satisfied, thumbs up, and they can send it out to you with either like a print on, you know, normal poster paper, a canvas print, or even a metallic metal aluminum sign print to be the coolest person in your office, the envy of all your friends, and just put something cool in your garage and be like, yeah, I did that. So our listeners get 10% off using the code CPP10 at checkout for custom abuse. Thank you, guys. Now, Envisions, my God. So their song... Uh, Gold Blooded was the first song that I heard back in 2020 from the band. They've got a brand new coming out called Deadlock, which comes out on February 11th of 2022. We talk about the band, you know, getting back out on the road. We talk about the band's new album, and it is just, it is nuts. So, this will be a great way to describe what I think of the album. I bought a vinyl variant of the album immediately after the podcast ended. That's how good this album is, and that's how good it's going to be. So, to get you ready for the album, please welcome the guys from Envisions to the Chord Progression Podcast. Are you ready? I sure as hell am. Let's go! Yeah! This episode is mint. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Chord Progression Podcast. You guys know me. I love me some metalcore and I can't help it. And I actually found about this band that we're interviewing today. Back in 2020, with the release of their single, Gold Blooded, I remember listening, I'm like, okay, I gotta get this band on the podcast at some point. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but it's gonna happen at some point. Now they have a brand new album called Deadlock coming out on February 11th of 2022, and I can't wait to talk about everything with this band, including the new album and everything that comes along with it. So please welcome to the podcast, Alex, Ben, and Lucas from the band Envision. So guys, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. Yo, 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 thanks good. for having us. Thanks, dude. 
Thanks for being on, guys. It took me a little bit of time to actually get this one put together, just trying to figure out, you know, schedules and everything with you guys over in the UK, me in the US. But you know what? If it's gonna, if I'm gonna want something to happen on the podcast, I'm gonna want to get a band here. I'm gonna make it happen one way or another. And boom, now we're here today. So yeah. <laughs> thanks for queer. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> thanks for having us. Thanks for being on, guys. I mean, now. I got to ask, how's everything going over with you guys in the UK? You know, just started the new year. You got the new album coming out. How's it been going on that front? How's it been going on your end? And just, how you been doing? Hey, it's good. We're all like finally excited about something, you know? Um, yeah, I think we just played our first shows in like two years, you know, new record, you know, everything's stepped up. It's uh, probably the most exciting, like, you know, time for us right now. I think we're all definitely having more fun in the last like three months than we've had in fucking two years, which is a delight. Literally. <laughs> see, I yeah, it's see. been a it's been a rough time, hasn't it? Let's be real. But we're starting to see the uh, the light at the end of the tunnel, so the grin's getting wider, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Chelsea grin. Yeah. Say <laughs> so even even the same over here. It's just okay, you know. I there's stuff opening up back up like completely. It's beginning to look like more normal, and all of a sudden, it's every single day. It feels like. I see some sort of post on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it might be, a brand new tour package that's going to be like touring Dude. the US like in, in the spring, in the summer. And I just sit here thinking, okay, how much of my money am I going to end up spending on these shows? <laughs> it's like anytime I get a chance, like, okay, you know, all of a sudden I think like the day we're recording this, all of a sudden Parkway Drive announced a US tour. I'm like, and I'm getting messages Shit, up there. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you got to come to this. Other bands from all over, the, all over the world, including from the UK as well, are coming over here. It's like, okay, am I going to end up going to see them? And I just do this. <sighs> yeah. yeah, I'm going to. So I'm going to be yeah. watching for Envisions to come to the US, though. Oh, mate. We're me, me, me too. as well. <laughs> it will happen I think eventually, like, though, mate. It's, gonna, it's, it's, it's got to. It's, yeah, yeah, that's like top of our fucking hit list, isn't it? But, yeah, the, the US tour packages that are going out at the moment are fucking insane. Like, I think the, the two strongest places for touring in the world at the moment seem to be the UK and US is like the most consistent that things seem to actually be happening and uh, yeah I saw the same Parkway Drive announcement today and I think they're doing their first US tour with all like their pyro and shit so uh, that's going to be pretty fucking crazy pretty jealous about that I'm kind of curious to see how expensive those tickets are going to be because it's going to be a thing okay how much is this they're going to see the price I'm going to see all the ticket fees and just go Ah, alrighty, this is going to go on the credit card and we'll pay it off a little bit later. <laughs> You're directly paying for those gas canisters for all them fucking flamethrowers, dude. <laughs> hey, if I'm paying Pricey that much boys. money, if I'm paying that much money, can they like actually like send me up there with one of those flamethrowers? Because I'm paying for the gas canister, you know, let me just do it myself. <laughs> I thought you were going to say well then, like, if you're paying that much money, can they at least set me on fire? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I saw um, I saw Ramstein download a couple of years ago and their keyboard player, they put him in this massive, like, this fucking tank thing. It's like, a, well, it's meant to be like a metal, like, cauldron. And they actually start blasting that with flamethrowers whilst he's in it. It's insane. So yeah, you know, never know. Maybe uh, hit Ramstein up, and they might set you on fire. <laughs> I mean, and all of a sudden, if something happens where I actually get set on fire, not just in that little like cocoon that the keyboard is in, just basically end up becoming a huge like human flame, end up becoming you know human torch from the uh, Fantastic Four, <laughs> and all of a sudden start rolling around the ground trying to stop, drop, and roll, they extinguish me, and it's like, oh well, is he gonna end up you know suing the band? No, I just became a rock and roll legend by getting myself <laughs> on fire during the Romstein show. How would that not be like the best thing ever? <laughs> yeah, I yeah, fucking I rate love it. that. I rate it. 
as, I mean, as long as it doesn't hurt my skin too much where I can still go into any mosh pit I damn well please, then I am A-okay with that. <laughs> i tell you what, mate. If not, you'll be going into like your next show looking like Freddy Krueger. So at least Ice Nine Kills will probably be able to put you in a music video. So, you know, it's a win-win. <laughs> I mean, that would definitely make a lot of sense. Also, with the fact that anytime I get a chance to see an Ice Nine Kill show, I am there. I'm, like, in 2021, I saw him four times in the span of two weeks really? because I just couldn't Dude. help myself. Like, I want to see him so bad, and I'm just like, if I get a chance to see him, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah, Dude, sure. yeah. We haven't seen him yet. Like, they were meant to be playing Slam Dunk in the UK this past year, and obviously, because everything, like, you know, it doesn't make sense for a lot of people to come over from the US at the moment, particularly, like, earlier on in the year. So they had to drop out, and I was, yeah, fucking demoed because it was meant to be like them and Polaris and, like, a lot of bands I've been waiting to see for a long-ass time, and, uh, yeah, big sad. You guys are going to ha- – honestly, you guys should just probably come over to the U.S. for, like, this – like, the first two weeks in April. I-, I swear to God, just come to the U.S. because just for the first 10 days – this is in the first 10 days of April. I'm going to see just Amity Affliction and then the Motionless White Ice Night Kills Black Bell Bride show twice – and also throwing on top of that Polaris and like Moss to Flame. So if you guys want to come over for like a oh. week, week and a half and just see all these shows, by all means, do it. Yeah, dude, just send, send us your fucking postcode with that. Right? We'll, 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 keep, we'll keep on your doorstep, mate, all over it. Because I'm listening to your knock at like, at like three in the morning. I'm like, what the hell's going on? All of a sudden, all three of you guys are going to be here. It's like, we're ready to go to these shows. Me, shit, I still got to work in the morning. All right, fuck it. We're doing this. It's all good, mate. You told you told us you operate on three hours of sleep. We know you're good for it. We know you're going to answer that thought any time of the day. Oh, I'm good for an all of a sudden get me in a concert. I can be the most dead person ever in terms of just like energy. Just I could feel just absolutely horrible. Like, you know, I was the most sickest person in the world. This has happened before. And all of a sudden, go to a show. I'm feeling it. All of a sudden, first band goes on. That music hits. And it's just like, whoosh. I'm off. Like there is no way you're stopping me. So three hours of sleep and just drag, like basically driving all over the place going to see these shows you guys honestly that sounds like a perfect idea and hell give me three hours of sleep i'm good (laughs) (laughs) game game on but enough with like other shows have been going on because you guys said you recently played some of your first shows since the pandemic had started correct yeah man yeah man so how did all this go especially you know coming back were you guys jittery at all were you guys nervous or did you just get back up on stage play one song and we're like you know what fuck yeah we're back this is normal this is perfect let's go to be fair, like right at the start, go on, I'll go on, mate. I was going to say, like for the first time in years, I was actually nervous for shows. We played, uh, we played like two, two festivals um, before we actually went on tour in December. We played two festivals in October. I was actually bricking it before we got on stage, and I haven't had that. Yeah. In years. I was like for you guys, mate. That first show we played as well, like over lockdown, we like upgraded all our gear, like we switched like in ears and changed everything, and obviously. We were playing like three new songs. We hadn't even played Gold Blooded Live yet. And I think that first show back, because there's so many different things, and also we hadn't played shows, pretty much everything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, you know, so people still liked the show, but for us personally, we were like, holy shit. So like it wasn't a case of blowing off the cobwebs. We were like, fuck me. Uh <laughs> we need to we need to get back into this and quickly. Um, but luckily the second show back was an absolute stonker on it. That was uh that was a that, that was definitely the moment where we kind of all walked off stage. We we're like, okay, you know, this is uh, <laughs> this is fucking mint. <laughs> but yeah, definitely nervous. Um, no, it's weird. Well. We've got more riding on it now. Like you know, we, we've got you know we've got a little bit more attention through um, COVID. Obviously, we released Gold Blooded. 
Yeah, and that song kind of, you know, did really, really well for us, like more than we kind of ever expected, more like, attention than we've ever had before. I think, you know, coming back out of it, we had, we had to make sure that it would lived up to everything. And it was us, us not really kind of, you know, being thrown into it completely nervous again and like not having played a show in two years. It was trying to figure out, trying to find your feet and trying to find them quickly. But yeah, I think it definitely uh, reassured exactly why we're doing this and what we want to do. And it's like, yeah, fell back into place fairly quickly after them too. Yeah, no, I was, that was probably the, I haven't been like that nervous for like, at the start of tour anyway, for like shows, but then I blew my voice out because it's so like, it was, it hadn't, I hadn't had to do anything scream wise or rough vocal wise for so long. So my my voice wasn't used to it. And obviously your throat isn't like, just like restringing a guitar or anything. So uh, when I blew it out every night, I was like really like cautious of how I was going to sound or whatever. So the nerves still carried on, but not because I was playing a show, just because of how this was going to, my, my throat was going to pan out. But luckily managed to see out the tour and whatever. But like, when we got home, it was about four days after when I, my voice actually came back. So um, I think you did a, a fucking impressive job considering like we'd be on the way to the show and Ben could not physically talk, but then we'd get on stage on the night and still manage to like pull off some of the fucking dirtiest screams you've heard all year. And you're like, I don't understand how someone can't talk, but yet can still make these fucking satanic noises. It's, <laughs> yeah, I think uh, considering, you know, you were having a bit of a time with that, you did a fucking great job, man. Yeah, it was brutal, but we, we did it, and uh, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so it's kind of like the moment that, I, like, even with me with going to live music, where all of a sudden, it's like, once the music hits, it's just like I get transcend to a different place. Probably the same thing with your voice as well, where all of a sudden it hits, your mind just gets into this certain idea, this certain place where it's just you are just locked into the zone, and the adrenaline's pumping to the point where any sort of strain on your vocal cords, like, it seems a lot less just because of how much adrenaline is pumping through your body at that time. Oh, for sure. You, you're it. A- your adrenaline takes over tenfold. I mean, like I'd still be like really cautious when I'm coming up to bits where, you know, it's got to be, it's, it's got to be good or it's just going to collapse. It's just not going to hit how you want it to. So you'd be more cautious when you know your voice isn't like a hundred percent, but yeah, adrenaline plays a massive part in forcing it out and getting to where you want to be. Cause uh, yeah, you've, you just, Rawr, angry at you your adrenaline <laughs> makes you buzzing through out a low boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure but one thing when i asked that lucas brought was like you said your first show back it was like everything that felt like it could go wrong went wrong from your standpoint but honestly from the fan standpoint i gotta say like they're probably end up looking at like things went wrong you guys probably played freaking awesome especially just i've seen bands have gone up on stage and i've talked to them after they're like oh this went wrong this went wrong this went wrong this went wrong and i'm just sitting there thinking I don't remember anything going wrong. I just remember having a good ass fucking time and just going absolutely crazy in this <laughs> well, that, pit. And when the dirtiest breakdown I've heard all night hit, you hit it, and I ended up going flying five feet in the air because hey, that sounded like fun, and I was the only one on the wall of death on my side. So everything else. <laughs> so I gotta ask, what all actually went wrong in that first show? Like what went haywire to the point where you guys were like, oh shit, what the hell? Like, of course, first show back and this happens. I think the biggest thing is we'd switch to in-ear monitors, so we weren't using, like, speakers on stage to hear anything. So we're all playing with headphones in, but then, like, uh, Al's guitar wasn't coming through. So you were having to, like, basically play without your in-ears in, just listening to kind of drums, weren't you? 
that yeah, was I, I, a bit I, of a had one, I had one of my in-ears in so I could hear the click and then I had one out so I could sort of hear Josh and what, what Ben was doing and everything and yeah it was just a bit of a nightmare for me I think mean, it was okay for you guys though wasn't it you just didn't well, have my yeah yeah, I mean, agree, yeah. Sometimes, to be fair. It's, it's so weird, though, like when from going to like relying on stage monitors to then having everything in your ears, it is so much more crisp and clear. So when you're so used to something and then all of a sudden it's not there, it's it makes it makes it so weird and then it throws you off a little bit more, even though it's kind of still the same. It's just like we had one guitar in our ears apart from two. Yeah. So you can just think, hear things more. I think, uh, yeah, like, so it was a big learning curve for us, like getting those mixes right in our ears. Like, you know, this, but you know, we couldn't hear the audience at all. So, you know, it was finding like a right balance of that. And I think, you know, we're, we're a super, super critical band. So like, we're not like, you know, we'd never come off a, like a show and be like, oh, you know, you were shit or this was shit. It's always a case of we're always like our own worst critics. Like everyone will be like, dude, that was mint. Like, I don't know what you're worried about. But if like, I think we all have a certain threshold where if we hit below that threshold, we'll, it's going to bug us out and we'll be like, fuck, like that needs sorting. You know what I mean? And for us, I think that show was just, there was a lot of little things that because we could hear everything all of a sudden so perfectly, we're like, right, okay, so we really need to step a game up. Like we'd been playing in a practice room like we we were practicing we were doing like we, we were recording the album we were writing the album we were rehearsing the album all the way through um covid you know like we were still you know it was our work bubble you know it's us four that was the only people we saw through you know the entire like two years um but playing in a room when you stood 100 still in a controlled environment is very very different to when you're doing karate kicks and uh you know, <laughs> everything's completely different and you've got 10 minutes to set it up and hope that it works amazingly. Yeah, and I do understand what you're saying, like being your own worst critic as well, because for you guys, what it sounds like is you have this certain level of quality that you want to put out at every single show and that you expect from yourselves. And that quality is going to be of the highest point that you possibly can. So even when you just potentially might even come under it in your own mind, even though it might've just been, you know, some of the best work you've ever done, but in your mind, like you just pick out that one little piece. Yeah. It's going to end up just kind of getting in you eating away at your brain. It's like, ah, man, I wish I could have done this better. And I kind of messed up on this, but all of a sudden it's, you look and you go talk to the crowd at the end of the show and they're just all just, you know, super hyped up, super jazzed up for the fact that they had one hell of a time. And the point that you might've made where you thought, man, I could have done better on that. And that's really kind of getting at you. There's probably like 10, 20, 30, 50, hundred people in the crowd that that's the part that they're going to remember as their favorite part of the whole entire show. Cause that's what they thought was the best. 100% man. I think, um, that was, we had we had that kind of like realization afterwards because I think someone posted a video of like one of the songs that we we just released it the song called Dope. We, it was the first time we played that song and it was the first time we played that ending. And obviously it's a huge big vocal kind of like you know all the, the lows that set up this huge demolishing breakdown. And we saw this video back and I think we were all like you know we get, every time we see something good it gets sent around our group chats and we were just there like absolutely you know when something's so good you just have to laugh. We were just pissing ourselves like, okay, right. So maybe it wasn't like what we thought it was. Um, and yeah, I think we, we know to kind of do that. So whenever we finish a show, as soon as we're like back in the van and we're traveling to, you know, wherever we're going, we're the first people looking at Instagram stories, like listening back and being like, it's that, um, get, you, you kind of check yourself through that. You know, you see it and you go, oh shit, that was fucking mint. You know, when we get to enjoy it from an audience perspective, 
which is always kind of like really nice for us. So yeah, tag us in your fucking Instagram things because we love them, we watch them, and uh, yeah, we get well gassed and drink loads of beers them after the show. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to remember that whenever I get to see you guys play for the first time is because I used to always take like concert videos and post them on Instagram, post them on Twitter everywhere I could just because like I wouldn't take long ones. It'd be like just quick little snippets of like stuff that yeah. I liked. But now it's I rarely ever take videos because, well, stuff goes hard. The pit opens up and my mind just like, ah, yeah, <laughs> so I'm just there. Like I went to a, I went to a music festival in September and it's like, I got a good amount of video, but I could have gotten so much more video. Problem is, is for the 30 bands that I saw, 27 out of the 30 bands had pits going. And I just couldn't resist. So I'm like, yeah. about, after listening to, you know, the brand new album, after listening to all the songs, I'm just thinking, even when I listen to Gold Blood, too, I'm just like, there is no way in hell that I would probably end up having a chance to take a video because I'd be so locked in. It's so locked in and just being <laughs> in the pit where all of a sudden it's going to be, there's going to be some guy just go flying like crazy and all of a sudden be like, okay, is that guy okay? Oh, wait, no, no, we know that guy. It's Kevin. He's fine. No biggie. Keep, keep going, keep going, keep going. There's me on the ground. We're good. <laughs> just a fucking arm sticking out of the pit like yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, totally, I, I, I totally feel that. I think like, yeah. I think, I think it's quite nice. Well, I mean, obviously, we, we love seeing the videos and stuff, but I think it's quite nice that we've... Like, well, I feel like a lot of stuff's moved on past the need to... You know, it, when social media was, like, really kicking off and becoming a thing, everyone was, like, watching shows through their phones, whereas now it's not so much a thing. So it's really quite nice because it's, like, back to people being a bit more engaging with you. And I, I definitely, when I go to shows, I try and make a mental note to be, like, be, you know, be in the moment. Don't sit there and, mm. you know, try and... Yeah, because at the end of the day, on your phone, you're capturing it for later, aren't you? But realistically, most of the time, you don't look back at it, and you get to you miss out on that, you know, connecting moment where you can really just um, bond with it. So basically, I'm just being really, really uh, contradicting what I've just said. So I'm like, yeah, video us, and I'm also like, yeah, don't video us. Well, it's not necessarily video us, don't video us. It's, it's kind of like live in the moment, but also live in the moment that you want to live in the moment, the way you want to do it. Because I kind of take, I'm kind of seeing what you're seeing, Lucas, because. Ever since, you know, concerts and touring came back in 2021 from the pandemic and then during the pandemic, like before shows came back from March, like from March 2020 until shows came back, it was anytime you want to get a chance to see your band play, your favorite band play live or a band you like to play live, it would have to be on a live stream setting. And don't get me wrong, during that time, you know, there were some live streams I thought were really cool and really well done. But it just wasn't the same as actually being yeah. there. The energy wasn't there. It was cool being able to watch, you know, the motionless and white one for me, the falling reverse one as well. Just seeing all the cool like effects they put in there. But it just wasn't the same as actually being there in the crowd, feeling the energy and just going absolutely crazy around so many other people. So then all of a sudden when live shows came back, I was still seeing people, you know, recording stuff and, you know, had their phones up because everyone's still going to do that. But like you said, the amount of people doing that has been a lot less. And I think people are getting more of that idea of we were without music and live music for that long. We do not want to yeah, miss out again. Sure. We do not want to take it for granted. And right now, because we we got it back, let's not take it for granted. Let's focus solely in on what's going on on stage. Let's focus in on slowly what's going on in the crowd and enjoy ourselves to the most because, hell, we remember what it was like when we didn't have this. So let's go all out now that we have it again. Literally. Massively. It's like, it's like to go into a concert <laughs> for the first time again, isn't it? Like the first, uh, first show we went to after the pandemics, we saw architects in like a 1,000 cap venue in the UK. And they haven't done 1,000 cap venues in, I don't know, fuck me, probably like, well, at least like seven or eight years. And that was 
insane. Like hearing that first, because uh, there was no support either. So the, the very first bit of live music we heard was Architects. And it was just like that first sub drop goes and you're just like, holy shit. It was uh... Yeah, I was buzzing to hear a, su- a sub drop. It's a oh. pretty special moment. Yeah, literally. It's what you need. It just rattles through you and you're like, yeah. That's powerful, isn't it? And I'm pretty sure like when you guys went on tour in December as well, you guys gave a lot of fans that exact same feel because a lot of people probably coming to your shows, that might have been their first shows coming back. Because I still remember going to see shows all of 2021. Every band would always ask, Who's, whose first show is this back? And after all, I'm like, do they still have to ask this? Just because I've been to so many. I'm just like, I can't really raise my hand at all for this because I've been to like 30 at this point. But yeah, I bet you still did though, didn't you? <laughs> no, I no, I no, I was pretty much I was pretty much getting ready and set to go for the next song because if it was gonna go heavy, I was ready and I was re- basically ready to start laying my shoulder to people. And if I knock someone down, pick them right back up. Yeah, man. You're that, you're that tying your shoelaces, getting ready to fucking destroy. No, my shoelaces <laughs> had already been tied before the show because I have dealt with that before. That's one of my little like remembrance rules when it comes to the pit is always tie your shoes tight because I have lost my shoes in the pit before and not not the best. Thank you, Under Oath, for that one. <laughs> you need to get like a uh, a big slogan to like smash up on the screen with that. Like, always tie your shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> Right. sound bite of it <laughs> just a big giant banner that's always like i just have like a list of rules it was like one if someone falls down pick them back up two always tie your shoelaces three if you wear a hat make sure it's a tight hat otherwise it's gonna fall <laughs> off four if you are if you have stuff in your pockets make sure those pockets are either tight or deep one of the two <laughs> Toy- <laughs> Toy- hey, you, should, you should definitely get this uh get this as merch man i'm, I'm into it pit rules like let's go I'll just yeah, have yeah. up my own T-shirt. Kevin's pit rules. Of course, the first one is if someone falls down, you pick them back up. That's always rule number one. Oh, for sure, mate. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> mate. But then going back, it, to, isn't it? But then going back to you guys, you know, playing live shows, playing throughout December. What was that like? Finally, being able to like go on a longer run instead of just playing those first couple of shows during like festival runs. Going out, mate. Well, what was it like going on? Oh, I thought, I thought it was just because Ben was grabbing a dog, and now I'm seeing a dog, and I can't take oh, my eyes off a dog. <laughs> Dude, she is oh, jumping so up at my legs like no tomorrow. <laughs> this is uh, Frankie. She's going, though. She wants to get off already. <laughs> <laughs> well, Frankie just, just wanted to see who's there. Just wanted the moment of glory. It's like, all right, I want my like, 15 seconds of glory. Okay, now I'm out. But Literally. not going to lie, anybody watching a podcast, they see a dog or a cat randomly show up out of nowhere, <laughs> they're staying. They're staying. (laughs) But back to like the initial question I asked, like around the shows you guys had played in December, your first full run since the pandemic and not just those couple of uh, festival shows. What was it like finally being able to get back out and tour on more of a consistent schedule than just, you know, a festival date here and there? To be honest, I I thought it was super easy. I was actually a bit nervous for it, but I thought it was super easy. And I think that's a lot to do with the team that we had out with us. Um, so we had one of our mates uh, called Johnny who used to be in a band called The Family Ruin who taught the US a few times you, you might have heard of him I have heard of him yeah 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 really good guy so he, he was the vocalist in that band um, so he was driving us and doing merch and just uh, general helping out and he's such a great guy um, and he made life so much easier for all of us um, yeah it's, it's just it was simple wasn't it like we fell straight back yeah. into it but I think like we've toured enough now to like get into good habits of touring so we were just fucking you know, in the gym every day and we were like straight to the shows. And like, to be fair, it's the first headline tour that we've done 
since like I think I was like the obviously we're kind of on the third record now or coming into the third record it was the first headline tour we've done since the first album so it was quite nice for us to be the headliner because when you're the headliner you know get the best rider you know you uh, have the most time you get there you set up and you you know you're the first to sound check so it's, you can kind of get your shit done and make sure you're locked in so I think you know we had it quite easy because we were the headliner you know we had a lot of time whereas like I think if we were probably doing like a support run it would have been a bit more pressing because you've got you know a lot less time and a lot of like quicker changeovers and it's not really your you know your deal type of thing but it was, it was fucking mint to be back on the road like just hanging out with your best mates like it's just sick there's nothing there's no better feeling is there like yeah end of the day you wake up in the morning and all you've got to do is play an awesome show what's there to not love honestly if someone found something not to love in there I'd probably look at him and say, man, you're fucking crazy. I mean, to be fair, you, you do need to smell our van at like 6 a.m. And there's probably something to not love there. But other than that, <laughs> the rest of it's pretty great. Oh, as long as your van hasn't had some sort of like toilet backup or you guys didn't knock out a whole entire uh, electrical grid in the in uh, Yugoslavia, I think you're doing all right. <laughs> I have, yeah, well, I have, so far none of that's happened so we're doing all right then <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're definitely doing all right so i gotta also ask when it comes to just like this like the tour you guys are on this headline tour what was like the best moment from the whole entire tour mostly because i love story time so i love hearing some crazy stories or some amazing stories that you guys have i think just for, for me like being back it's cool things happen hilarious things happen and but you we i don't know what other bands do but us our priority is that we surround ourselves with people that we we know are similar to us so that it's they were always like having a good time and you've got to surround yourself with people that are on like a similar mindset or somebody that's gonna bring i don't know not um i don't know like a positive mindset because when you're so far away from home and you're sleeping in a van and uh, things can get dark quite quickly but if you've got the people around you that are going to help you just keep laughing in it. You're always yeah, laughing. That's so that's what's important for us. And that's why I think we have such a good time because everybody that we tour with in our team is either a Lynch. friend or somebody that we we know through friends. So it's always hilarious. Like there's something always it's just mint. It's, I, just, I can't yeah, honestly, put it into words. It's really hard to put it into words because we just have a really, really good time. Even though if people were looking at it from like a different perspective they'd think well that's shit how do they do that for so long but it's because they're not in the bubble they don't know what we're like as like our personalities or the our team's personalities it's just mint we have like we always have a really really good time it's just belly laughs in it for days mate but mm. it's it's hard to pinpoint like i don't think there's no like particularly wild or like weird stories on this one i think you know we were absolutely just kind of very very chilled a lot of time in the gym, a lot of time staying in there. Uh, we did quite a few like nights in um, so in the UK. They have like travel lodges where they're like basically like motorway type, um, just, like one stop. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So like we were like was just like sneaking extra people into those rooms and trying to like fucking you know make sure we get some showers and stuff so we don't smell like booty all. Um, but I, th- I think you know the start of the tour was always really wicked. Like as we went through the tour, like the COVID 
you know, hype rating was getting mm-hmm. more and more. So like it was getting super intense. And the band that we had uh, out support us, Ghost Iris, that they'd just been on tour with our pals in uh, Skywalker in Europe for a month. They managed to duck and dive COVID the entire time. And they come over to the UK. That's isolate and like hang out in France for like four days so they could finish this tour and come over to the UK and like tour with us. I think they got five days into the tour and the singer got COVID. So they had to like less than that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was less than that. It was about three shows, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. fucking brutal. It's like, a shame because you know, like watching them every day was fun. They are a really good band. Unbelievable. Really band. Good yeah. band. Yeah, really good. It's amazing uh, that he had he had COVID. Well, he probably had it by the time he tested positive. He must have had it for like a day. Um, Ed Coburn was still performing just fucking unbelievably, <laughs> you know, considering it's your fucking chest thing. But, you know, so they, they had to ultimately drop out the tour because then they had to like isolate. Um, but, you know, that kind of increased the stress levels. We were all uh, having to test every morning and we like, fuck me. We found that there's actually some of, the, some of my favorite moments of those COVID tests on the morning. Every morning we all have to wake up and do a test before we do anything. It's all pile into the back of the van, and you've—I don't know if it's the same in the US, but some that you have where you have to do it in your throat and then up your nose, it's like test. And we're all there. Honestly, if people—if anybody heard what went on in the back of the van, it was just everyone <laughs> gagging and gipping. It was honestly this most disgusting thing. Chris and Josh. That was the funny. I even filmed it, and everybody is just howling because. Even just thinking about it now, Chris and Josh make the weirdest noises doing a COVID lateral flow test. <laughs> it's insane. The noises that come out of them, it's like people are standing on frogs. <laughs> yeah, so sit there for like, I don't know, it was like half an hour of anxiety in the morning whilst we're all deep throating fucking plastic wands, <laughs> trying not to be fucking sick. You know, basically all just like filming each other, hoping that someone's actually going to throw up. Like, you know, <laughs> gipping their asses off. And then as soon as you get that negative test, we'll walk around high and mighty, like we're fucking untouchable. <laughs> like you want to like walking past people in the street, you're just going to go, oh, by the way, mate, negative. <laughs> test negative. It's fine. Got this. What about you? <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, you didn't test? Well, yeah. guess what? I know. I know. Because I had yeah. I didn't deep throat this freaking thing and then sick it in my nose. <laughs> but it came back negative. So what of it? <laughs> Yeah, if, if you test, mate, I would have heard you gipping, and I didn't hear you gipping, so you had a fucking done shit. Yeah, no, all the tests that we have in the US here are definitely not like that. You do have to do up the nose, but you don't have to do the back of the throat thing, so you don't have to like deep throat it. However, the this was early in 20, this is early during the pandemic, like May of 2020, and I had to actually go to the hospital because I wasn't feeling very well. Ended up having to get an uh, emergency appendectomy because my appendix was about to explode. But they were doing the COVID test and it's like, okay, they stuck it up one nostril and they went so far in because this is the early (laughs) test. So I was like, they went so far. I'm like, what the hell? I thought thought it touched my brain. They pulled out the other one, went up the other one and they tried pulling out and it wouldn't budge at the first go. So all of a sudden (sighs) they're trying to pull on it. And I swear if, if, if someone would have been in that hospital recording me, I probably would have been the inspiration for the pig scream vocals, but that Will Ramos did for To the Hellfire for Lauren Shore. <laughs> I probably would have the inspiration because it was like that. I was just going ape crazy trying to get this thing out of there. Holy Amazing. shit. Amazing. That's brilliant. I love that. It's, uh, it's pretty invasive, isn't it? Like, holy fuck, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to fucking bang your head, would you, whilst you got one in there? Otherwise, you'd be seeing fucking triple for the rest of your life. Jesus. Yeah. 
Yeah, and then can you imagine going to a show and all of a sudden you're seeing the strobe lights and you're already seeing triple? You're not. You're gonna be so disoriented. I'm gonna just walk straight <laughs> in the middle of the pit, not know where the hell I am, and get obliterated from like one side by you know some 255 pound guy named Tank, and it's gonna end up being like a YouTube viral clip because or a TikTok viral thing. Like, watch this dude, and all of a sudden that's the moment he knew he fucked up, and then just see me go flying all over the place, not knowing what the hell happened to me, and it's all because some stupid COVID test is making me see triple now. Fuck man, Jesus! Yeah, nah, fucking brutal, brutal things. But other than that, it was, it was, it was wicked. Like I think the first show we played was like a hometown show as well. So like that was a super busy show. Um, you know, like it's just like first time we played a headline hometown show since we released the last record as well. So that was like February 2019. Um. Like walking out, you know, to the new intro to Gold Blooded and being like, "Holy fuck!" Like that was that was a really nice moment. You know, what I mean, for the first night on tour as a hometown show, um, I think yeah, it set the set the standard pretty high, and uh, it's always nice. It's always nice that kind of like, well, hometown shows are just the one, aren't they? They're always fucking great. But yeah, it was a good moment. Yeah, because it's hometown shows, you get just this extra bit of energy because of how many people you're going to know they're going to be there. Plus, also, if it's a hometown show, the venue that you're playing at, you guys likely had seen many different shows at that venue before. So there's just this added bit of extra specialness that just comes to playing those shows. Oh, sure. And it just increases the energy a little bit, increases the adrenaline a little bit, just increases the passion behind a little bit because of how much emotional connection you have to the town, the people that are going to be there, the place that you're performing at, just everything in there. So... There are probably, yeah, you know, man. I'm thinking about this. There are probably some crazy mosh pits you guys got going there that right now in my mind I'm thinking, I'm fucking jealous. I want to be in one of those. <laughs> you will one day, mate. Not too long, hopefully. You will. Yeah, top it's of our list of things to do is definitely to get over to the US. Like, the crazy thing is, like, obviously there's all, like, the visa costs, which are insane, and you can get straight up just rejected for the visa even after you've paid for it anyway, and you often don't find out until, like, right before you go. And then there's all the, the standard touring expenses on top of that. So for us to come to the US, we need the right offer. So for the right offer to be there. Um, so it's kind of like it. It's just, you know, a bit of a waiting game. But I think I'm, well, I'm definitely hoping that this album is kind of getting us a lot more kind of attention in the US, which is wicked. Because the more attention we get, you know, the more people are going to fight for us to go over there. And, you know, when the demand's too high to ignore, there's no fucking choice. <laughs> I'm into that. Yeah, just make the consumers want want you, and basically, like, yeah, we we can't ignore the fact that we, you know, Envision's going to come our use. We can't ignore that because of how much demand there is. And I'm already seeing some bands from the UK as well. There, it's like you know they were just on the rise of it. All of a sudden, they released an album, and the demand got so high from all of a sudden. It's like okay, now they have to come over to the US. A couple of my know are coming over to the US in like March and April, and I'm super excited to be able to actually see them live and meet them. Be like, hey guys, hello, how are you? Just you know, have a good time like that. But it's just being able to see that rise happen and then also see you know the bands they're gonna be touring with the kind of tour packages they got going together and seeing how well that's gonna work so for you guys i can totally understand where you're coming from with the the expenses and the uh possibility with visas as well you got to make sure that you know you get the right package however after listening to deadlock because i was able to listen i'm only for like you know like a whole like maybe like four or six hours before I actually, what we actually shot this. So I wasn't able to go in yeah. deep dive as I normally do. I was listening. I'm just thinking, I'm already trying to think about like what bands would be like the bands that would be the perfect ones <laughs> to like have you guys come like, you know, bring you guys in support for, for like a U.S. run. 
And the one that just popped in my head right now is if you guys had a chance to open for like a U.S. long run for the ghost inside. That would be fucking mint. <laughs> I wouldn't say no to that. That would be so good. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. That's, 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 not a, that's not a pairing that I would have like first gone to as well, which is uh, really, really cool. Like, yeah, that's fucking the first time I've heard that, like, say, like, we sound something like Ghost Inside. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to complain about it. Ghost Inside is sick. But yeah, it's the first yeah. time I've heard that comparison. Well, be- before I go into why I made that comparison, I got to ask you guys, what were the, like, board bands would be like, if they were to ask you to tour the U.S. with them, what bands would you be thinking of for that type of pairing where you would be like, you know, we have to take this, we're taking this no matter what? I think we associate to U.S. bands more than we do the U.K., to be honest. I feel like... There's, in the UK, there's definitely a, a bit of a different kind of scene going on, which is a bit more like, a bit more like abstract and stuff. But I feel like our particular genre of like, you know, the metalcore kind of thing that we tap into, I feel like it's so, it's, you know, bang on the US market. Do you know what I mean? Like, every, it's the bands we, we familiarize with are way more, you know, US related. Like, if, I mean, I'd, I would fucking love to go on Tall Nice Nine Kills. That would be awesome. Um, wage war would be another one that'll be we, we, yeah, wage war would I think you know if we I reckon if we did one tour wage war that'd be a fucking great place for us to start off <laughs> well start off <laughs> Amir yeah that Amir. would also be fucking mint I, I love Amir well, like every time I, I go see Amir it's just hype yeah, I'm not going to lie when you said wage war, because I know when uh, like, you know, January and February, they're doing a run with falling in reverse. But after that, especially after the release of their uh, latest album, I believe they will be doing a headline run somewhere in the U S I'm not sure if that's fully booked out yet. So, uh, might <laughs> want to get on that. <laughs> we're there, we're here. <laughs> or like, have- um, I feel like there's, you know, the guys on like in movies on the beach where they're making signs out of sticks. That's us right now to wage war. <laughs> hey but then once De- once deadlock drops you know instead of just like those sign those like sticks on the beach that you write out you know help or like pick us kind of thing it's gonna turn th- those sticks are just gonna be able to you know turn to like full-on bonfires all of a sudden you see these mass smoke it's like okay what's going on there we have to go check this out and all of a sudden it's like yep yep envisions yep we gotta we gotta bring them on and the reason why i brought up the ghosts inside as well especially after listening to deadlock just the heaviness just this upfrontness and just the energy that was driven behind it it reminded me a lot of the energy from the Ghost Inside self-titled album, which was especially lyrically incredibly deep going after the whole entire uh, topics of yeah, the bus yeah. crash and the recovery from it. It's just the heavy, the energy and the rawness that came from it, especially after listening to Deadlock. A lot of that came through. So that's where I was making that comparison to see if you guys would open up for the Ghost Inside. A lot of people that are super into the Ghost Inside would just, if they didn't know what who Envisions was, they would check it out and just think, my fucking God. <laughs> I need to go through this whole band's discography and go nuts. But if you guys end up staying in Europe and all of a sudden Ice Nine Kills comes over to Europe, you know, second half of 2022, and they're looking for an opener, and all of a sudden you guys come in, yeah, bring that heaviness, bring that just insanity that you guys have, and all of a sudden Ice Nine Kills comes on right afterwards, yeah, you're leaning into some, you're leaning into them, and you're leaning in with high energy, and you know they're gonna be able to match it and even take it to a different crazy level because of all the horror oh, stuff sure. behind it. So it'd be another great pairing for you guys. Oh, for sure, man. I think like particularly, uh, you know, with the new record, it's you know, I think it's not necessarily as like probably as uh, critically just heavy as like the previous album, but it's definitely just a lot more like each song's a bit more. Like you say, it's a bit deeper and it has a bit more meaning to it and they're kind of just trying to write 
bit more anthemic songs, songs that are kind of like you'll take something away from it and it'll kind of have an impression on you as opposed to, you know, you know with like a lot of heavy music, it can be like um, short shelf life. You'll listen to it twice and you're like, yeah, that was sick. But then, you know, it's on to the next one. And I think particularly with a lot of like super heavy songs, that happens a lot in like the metalcore and like, you know, death metal world. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that Ghost Inside would definitely be, because like, you know, they, like you said, they have the same thing, you know, they are really, really heavy and it's pure aggression, but there's something that's like, there's it, something that it leaves a lasting impression. You take a message away from it. I think that's really cool. Yeah, because they were like two years removed from the release of that, uh, the, the, the lead single off it, which was Aftermath. And I still remember like watching the video the day it released. And I mean, I didn't really know that much of the ghost side up to that point, but just watching it, it was like, it's still connected with me. And it's still something that I listen to today continuously at times because it's such a good song. I'm like, I can't help but not listen, but it goes freaking heavy. There's a lot of other layers to it emotionally as well. And again, when I was listening to Deadlock, it was something where I was listening like, it's still freaking heavy. It's still there. But there are these certain layers that are behind and these certain layers in some of these songs as well, where like with uh, Ben's vocal, all of a sudden, like sometimes they go, they go heavy, raw, that visceral sound. And all of a sudden now you're going with more of a cleaner sound, but it's still rough and gritty. However, you're still being able to like make that differentiation for me as a listener. So it gives the songs a lot more of this, like, like kind of like a shelf life, a lot more to really grab onto and latch onto than if it was just like, I like it because of how heavy it goes. Because over time, that does tend to lose out a little bit to, well, you know, stuff that's coming newer because, ooh, flashy new shiny stuff, I like. But if there's something <laughs> for me to really like latch onto and hang onto, those are the songs that, you know, come two, three, five, 10, 20 years down the road. I still listen to them, I still latch on, and I still connect to them in a very similar way, if not the same way that I did when I first heard it. Yeah, and like as you grow as well, you listen back to a song that maybe meant something to you, you know, five years ago, and you listen to it five years later, it still means that to you, but also you can, you know, take something new away from it because you've grown as a person. I think that's really cool. Like, you know, we we always go back to, you know, classic, you know, Kill Switch, Trivium, and Bullet albums. And like those albums aren't necessarily heavy in comparison to modern day music, but they have that lasting impression. Like, obviously, they shaped us as musicians and like, I think that's kind of where we were, the way we were kind of coming in at it this time around, which is, I guess, I guess pretty cool. Trying to, uh, trying to leave a motherfucking legacy. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> legacy with layers. Yeah, layers. <laughs> we've got, we've yeah. got layers. Like, like yeah. an ogre and an onion. Ogres have layers. Onions that's have it. layers. Envision <laughs> has layers. You get it? <laughs> they all have layers. That needs to be a meme. You need to prep that meme for release day. Envision's deadlock. It's got layers. Alrighty, you know what? Before I forget that, let me go on this little uh, Microsoft Word document I have for my preview sheet. Let's see. I got to type this down. Envision's layers <laughs> meme. <laughs> it probably is for release day. Because yeah. if you guys don't make it, I'm making it. <laughs> yes. One or the other. Well, on- honestly, one thing when I was listening to the album... One thing I kept thinking to myself was, I wonder what if there's going to be a point or if there's going to be or when there's going to be a point of if there's going to be something that's just going to end up having me just like latch on to this album. And as I was listening through, I'm like, I'm listening for it. But right now, that's not really hitting me. All of a sudden, I got to the end and I got to that one that song. It's like kind of like more of an interlude thing called Inertia. It's got like a, about a minute, 40 seconds long. And I was listening I'm like this has definitely has a little bit of a different feel than what the rest of the album had. And then he went to the final song, Fall With Me, and then putting those two together to end the album out, I'm like, 
if I'm looking for a hook on the album, I'm looking for the thing that just connects me to it. That was it. And I was just like, <laughs> I found it. And I mean, I'm just stuck on it. So if, if that was the thing that really got to me were the last two songs, especially how they were put together. So, and not only that, but it wouldn't have hit as hard had I not listened to the whole album all the way through up until that point. So even putting it at the end of the album on the run through, what a good move. At least in my opinion. <laughs> Go on, Ben, mate. This is your moment. <laughs> that is lit. Like, I'm so glad you said that because I've been chewing the boys' ears off about that. Like, that, them two, like, Inertia and Fall With Me are my two favourite things on the album. Like, I listen to, like, Inertia at least four or five times before I actually go into Fall With Me. But it, for me, it's it's just got everything. And, and I love I love it. I, I Yeah, I just love it more than anything. It's just, yeah, one of them, in it? Like, one of those, because everybody will have a song with, like, how they connect with it differently and whatever, but them ones are just pinnacle for me. But you haven't, you haven't even got into the song and you've already connected with this interlude, which is, you know, as a preview of what you're about to get. And, you know, when you're already that hooked on it, it's, it's pretty crazy, isn't it? So when you get that payoff of the actual, you know, the hook in Fall Me, I think it's it, it just hits different. You know, it sets the tone and you go, this is important and you need to pay attention. And uh, I think it lands. No, absolutely. Because as I kind of look at just like, I normally will write up like a whole bunch of like notes that I have on this stuff, but because I didn't have as much time to do it. I was going to go through Inertia and Fall With Me a little bit because I'm like, that's the song that just absolutely hit me. Because when it came to Inertia, I mean, again, it's not all that long. It's about a minute and 40 seconds. But just listening to it, it takes more of this than what I kind of thought of it, like a cosmic depth with the slightly soft-produced sound to take you into this great new closing mindset after the first nine songs on the album. And plus, there's a little bit of a piano in there and this drawn-back clean vocals in the mix to really bring this like transitional note to full force from what you had just gone through in the first nine songs going into the last one. And it feel, really feels like we are hitting on this like some sort of emotional realization and power after going through the entire album and really be able to fully sum up the layers and the density of the first nine songs as we go into the last one. Like, it just opens up your mindset for it. So you are completely ready to close this album out on a proper note and really close out the experience on an imp- improbably incredible note. And probably because I, there's not many bands that can pull it off, but fucking A, you guys did. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate, appreciate that. Appreciate that, mate. I think uh, I'm glad that, that you know, that's... That's you know how you've received it. Cause that's I mean that's exactly the same way we feel. I think I think like this is the first time we've actually really kind of captured a journey on a record where you know I would I would strongly recommend anybody listening to the album listen to it in order. Don't skip any songs even if you know you've heard the singles. Please listen to start to finish and just like you know when you get there you're ready for that moment and it kind of it is you know it's a really deep and it's a really heavy song and it kind of looks like you know dealing with loss and like you know, supporting people who are, you know, going through situations like that. And, you know, they really, they really like, it can come across as being selfish sometimes and how you can kind of like, you know, support people like that and trying to find some kind of light in the darkness, but ultimately, you know, you really can't. And I think the amazing, you know, it was one of those kind of quite cool moments where the very last lyric of the record is literally the word ending, you know, and that was, as soon as that happened we knew it had to be the last song it all just kind of made sense but it's uh it's pretty it's a quite a bleak ending but it leaves that kind of taste on your tongue where you're like oh fuck you know i I need to go back and you know like when you watch a movie and it has a twist at the end and then you're like oh i need to rewatch that film because i kind of get it now i feel like it's kind of does that and that's um 
yeah, it's, it's amazing that you picked up on that. That's fucking awesome. It's filling me with uh, hope for the record, mate. <laughs> well, well, one thing I remember, like, when it comes especially head music, like metalcore, deathcore, especially around that stuff, one thing, one person I always like to look to see kind of what their opinion is on uh, Twitter, Mr. Alan Harrington, because just how much how much just new music he's bringing to people how much he talks about and it's just consistency behind it and i was even thinking about like okay what's he gonna potentially say about this envisions record from my mindset i'm thinking he's gonna love the first nine songs because they go heavy hard they're in they're kind of a little bit more in your face and brash but there are so many layers to them but it's just when you get to inertia and fall with me all of a sudden it just it takes it you in a completely different direction while not really deviating from the norm from what the album had already set up, but it just ends it so beautifully to the point where, hell, like you said, you want to go back and listen to it again and potentially find out more than you even missed because of how many layers there are there. And the ending of Fall With Me just opens that possibility up so well. And like you said, it's like watching a movie where you find out the twist ending at the end, but then you want to go back and watch the movie again to see where you can pick up on where this, how the twist ending actually plays in if you know about what it is. It gives the movie two completely different experiences and even more than two different experiences as you go on. And with your album, with this, you know, with Fall With Me at the end of it too, holy crap, it's going to take this album and just turn it into something where every time you go through it, it, you could be going through it like the next day, right after your first listen through, a week later, a month later, a year later, and you could be having such a completely different experience on it based on your experiences in life, but also how the record ends and just puts you in a completely different mindset than you did going into it. Hell, then you were through those first nine tracks. It just ended on such an incredible note that, I mean, this is going to bring up the ghost inside as well. On their self-titled album, going through the whole entire story of them from the bus crash to getting back up on stage for the first time, they detail that in every aspect of like from the songs from top to bottom, from the beginning to the end of the track list, except for the last one, which was Aftermath, which was just the culmination of it all and closing out and really just reflecting on that experience and really seeing how far they had come. This has a very similar emotional impact to really reset your mind and think, wow, what did I just go through? What did I just realized about myself and what did I just feel to the point where I want to go back at it again and see what else I can find out because of how many layers this album truly has to it. That's amazing, man. Thank it's you. So good. That's- like hearing somebody talk about it like that, because we've been sat on it for like so long and then to hear like a, a different perspective and it come out with something similar to what we say about it, it's, it means that the job here is done. yeah that's yeah super refreshing like i I mean this is probably the first kind of communication we've had with anybody outside of like you know our kind of team or people working on the record who've actually kind of given their thoughts and opinion on it and it's it's really fucking cool so yeah thank you for being our first (laughs) oh well you're very welcome and i I will i will actually my like make a t-shirt about that like i was the first and all of a sudden just (laughs) the first person that was not closely associated with envisions to you know really give my thoughts on deadlock and how it ended perfectly and just like in the smallest little print so it's like i was the first like what were the first stuff read the fine print right there it's right there well this one says right now in white but that's not fine print that just looks good (laughs) no that's amazing like yeah i'm really really glad about i think uh no, Al's Al's the architect behind those two songs. You know that was uh, they were your you know little uh, brainchilds, weren't they? And I think you know when you kind of showed us Inertia as well. I, I remember saying to us that I never thought we'd have a song like that. You know, we, it's it's not an acoustic song or anything like that, but it's like the closest I guess we've kind of come to that. 
Um, yeah, it was meant to be sort of, we've done it before, we did it on our first album uh, with what, what's it called, Serenity, before Soul Seeker. Mm. Um, just basically just a little interlude to sort of put you in a false sense of security. So, you you know, you, you, like it's kind of dreamy and spacey, isn't it? And then you all of a sudden you hit with these ridiculously low chords and go into a stupidly heavy song. That's that's basically all of the, the thinking behind it. <laughs> Yeah, maximum space. <laughs> Situation in space. <laughs> yeah, and even like with, with inertia too, it opens up and just kind of gives you that feeling. And then I, I got to bring this up with Fall With Me because I even, I'm looking at the little notes that I have and I'm like, the best part of the whole entire song comes in when all of a sudden the bridge comes in and then the breakdown and the outro are going to come. I'm like, I'm just waiting for this moment. And when the bridge, you guys brought in some like these softer guitars and a little bit of this like, like electronic overlay, kind of similar to what inertia had, like a lighter electronic overlay. And it's not like there were some violins attached to create this soft, like softer, calming, understanding feel towards the song. And even the vocals from Ben, clean and heavy also in the background as well. So I'm like, okay, we're building up to this. We're building up to this. And one thing I've been seeing a lot from certain bands, like especially as you're kind of like outroing an album or outroing a song and like kind of leading this, it's just like if you're going to kind of build this, the breakdown kind of like if you're going to break it, it's not going to be as heavy. I was like, please, please, please. The way this needs to end, I need something heavy. Like it's just going to perfectly hit it. And all of a sudden, it had me excited and nervous because I didn't want to go out with a whimper, but then you turn into a breakdown that with these melodic bursts with one guitar and kind of like this architects-inspired highness riffing over the entire thing to create this more impactful, full feeling and latching on to song that will make you not want to miss out on this album. The end is 100% worth the wait on this album. And if you go through it from top to bottom and listen to the whole entire track list, trust me, when you get to the end of it, when you get to fall with me and you get to that bridge and breakdown to the outro... It is one of the things in music that is the most worth it that I've ever heard. It's just, like I said, I was waiting for that one moment to really latch on to something on this album. And as it kept coming coming to a close, I'm like, where's that latch on? Inertia hits. I'm like, okay, I feel like it's coming. And then all of a sudden, here comes Fall With Me. And it, it's got that latch on moment. But then all of a sudden, that bridge the breakdown hit. It's not the latch on moment. It's the grab and hold on for dear life because you do not want to <laughs> let this moment go moment. <laughs> Yeah, hearing you like the way you're talking about it is really refreshing. It's so good to hear somebody else just put it into them kind of words. It's really refreshing. Thanks, man. It's it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I yeah, I, I love that. I like. I feel like we we get the same moment as soon as that breakdown hits. You feel like you just like died and elevated to another level. You know, it just takes you, doesn't it? Like it's a lot of like you know, it's quite a instrumental breakdown for a while, and then obviously the vocals come back in. Even the instrumental part of you, like, wow, this is like so emotive, but it's so heavy. And then the vocals come in, and you're just like, fuck, you, you just, yeah, just breaks you down. You're just like, where the fuck do you go from here? Which is uh, super cool. Yeah. And honestly, one of the best places to go from there is to listen to the album all over again and have that same experience with a completely <laughs> new mindset and maybe understand even more about what the album's talking about, understand more about what you're going through, understand more about how the album is connecting with you in multiple different aspects of life and not just the one that you thought it was going to connect with. Because again, the layers, the means, the messages behind these songs, the lyrics, the impact that they have, especially with some rougher cleans and some of those deep, heavy, unclean vocals, along with the heaviness that this album has. And then coming into this, just like ending that just ends it on such a completely different, refreshing, but also totally understood note compared to like, okay, this makes total sense, but it doesn't make sense. Like it just, except it's just 100% worth the wait. It, it really is. So that's why I was so glad when I went through, I'm like, I'm waiting for that moment and it hit right at the end. I'm just like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> yeah! 
<laughs> oh, I wish I could have seen that, like you know, the uh, live and in action. But yeah, that's no, that's amazing. I'm, I mean, I totally think like... the reenactment, all right, just yeah, <laughs> punching the ceiling. I, I quite what you said, like you know, same. I think you know, through the entire album, what you said about you know the kind of cleans being a bit more like pushed as well. That was like something that you know, when we kind of like sat down to figure out what was going on with vocals, that was definitely like a big move on it to make I think you've kind of realized it with gold blooded when there was like those kind of like a bit more pushed cleans but just you know, a lot of the verses and a lot of our songs are generally quite heavy the screams are you know balls to the walls and we wanted to make sure that the cleans match that because it's not necessarily because of what other people say online but I think the biggest turn off for metalcore is when you get to a chorus you know it's been a super intense you get to a chorus and then it's just like it doesn't need to be there. It doesn't add anything. Do you know what I mean? And so having those like pushed cleans kind of made the intensity of the choruses match. And I think that's, you know, go back to fall with me. That's really kind of how it helped sell that as well. And just, you know, you, you feel it, you, you know, if you can hear it in Ben's voice. It's, you know, there's, there's pain there. And that's kind of something that we've not really kind of touched on so much before. And I think that, yeah, good job, Ben smashed it. <laughs> <laughs> yes good job man. but that does bring up a good point because with a lot of metalcore vocalists it's you're gonna get those heavy uncleans like you know in the verses and the bridge breakdown but in the choruses a lot of time you get these softer cleans and the contrast can really stand out and that's what also one thing that makes a genre great but one thing that does turn a lot of people off just because of how massive that contrast is and if you don't hit on that contrast as well as you probably could there's gonna be some issues there because just to really make that continuity feel right in the song but when you kind of force and push those clean vocals have a little bit of a rougher sound to them, you're sacrificing some of that contrast that can really make both parts stand out. But you're also working closer on a comparison note that can potentially make the song flow a lot cleaner, a lot in between, between you know, verses, pre-chorus, chorus, just really work together with the vocals. And then you, I know sometimes you do bring in some of those like softer cleans as well, which do work out when they are brought in because of how they're brought in. It's just really taking a look at how this album and how these songs are going to all work within each other on an album and then within themselves and see how these vocals are all going to play out to the point where when it came vocally, nothing ever felt out of place. Any song or anything on this album, nothing really felt out of place. And then the, I guess God keeps saying it, the ending, man. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm so glad somebody else is as hyped as following me as I am. It was so good. I've got a feeling that when the album actually drops, that's going to be the thing that people are going to be like latching onto. It's like, okay, they're going to go through and all of a sudden fall with me hits and they go through the whole entire thing. It's like, okay, this is going to be it. On Twitter, Alan Harrington is going to probably have himself just some absolute insane tweet like, okay, this is what I thought of Envisions with Deadlock. <laughs> the album was really fucking good. And then it ended. And then I thought, you've got to be kidding me. How do you end something <laughs> this deep? like that and expect me not to want even more <laughs> oh man that's fucking sick help oh, yeah. on, honestly when I, when this podcast comes out i'm probably gonna include him in the tweet for it too and be like hey you're probably gonna want to watch because we kind of mentioned what we our, our prediction of what we think you're gonna say about this album so <laughs> yeah oh yeah i'm keen to see i'm keen to see it's always shown a lot of love for this band which is always massively appreciated like and they were just a bunch of fucking Yorkshire boys from the UK, you know, level uh, nobody's who just like playing music. So it's amazing when anybody's like, you know, <laughs> connects with our music the same way we do. We're just writing stuff that we want to, we want to play. It's taking everything from what we hear and being like, yo, 
what's our interpretation from this so you know thank you for the love and thank you for the support it does mean the world well even think about this too i mean you guys are you're still growing right now but take a look at all the other bands that are like some of the biggest bands coming out of the uk especially more in that you know metalcore you know metal some post-hardcore kind of area there's like with you guys i mean take a look you've got architects you've got bring me the horizon you've got while she sleeps i'm only you know mentioning a couple right here but you know they were at that same point that you guys are now and they're writing stuff that they want to write they're putting their own style on it they're really putting themselves into it and look at how far they're going i mean architects one of the biggest metalcore bands out there they're getting you know normal radio play they're breaking through in that arena bring me the horizon is literally all over the place because they're, they're, the, just... they're the biggest rock band in the world right now it's insane yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then while she sleeps, like I mean, they went full on like independent, and look, look at what happened with that. All of a sudden, they released Sleep Society. It's like, jeez, yeah, man, they've they've been fucking crushing it. Like the last couple of albums they put out of just like, but they're really not that my opinion means shit. But like the last like three albums have just gone from being like a great band to like, oh shit, these albums are really, really, and it's like consistent. You know what I mean? I feel like consistency is really difficult in the metalcore world because a lot of bands like you know will write a great album then they'll fall off and then like shit you should probably write another good album again and uh yeah they've just they've been crushing it well all three of those bands have been crushing it consistently maybe that's the key maybe just don't write shit albums ever and then you'll you'll win just write what you want to write and write it with passion because there's a couple other bands like well you guys especially after listening to Deadlock a couple other bands have had in the podcast like the city is ours they released their album I'm like jeez just keep this fucking coming guys um uh, post hardcore band called Caskets because they're from the UK as well I had them on the podcast we know both those bands you gotta be kidding me guys like this is fantastic and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, people are like, okay, you want to listen more stuff like Caskets here check out Holy Absence I'm like, okay, I'll check this out oh my god we got another one so it's like, Dude, just, yeah, like the next crop of like great bands in the rock and metal scene from the UK, you guys are, you guys are there. And I'm like, not saying that you guys are like right there. No, you guys are in that group. And this album could be that one all of a sudden that just sets that in motion a little bit more and sends it to a whole nother level where all of a sudden, yeah, now you're going to be coming to the US and opening for the fucking ghost inside. And then all of a sudden you're going to be <laughs> over in, you know, over in Europe opening for ice nine kills. And next thing I know, all of a sudden you guys are going to be in some crazy horror movie inspired video for worst vacation. <laughs> and I'm going to love every fucking minute of it. Probably seeing someone getting chopped up by Spencer Charnas, but Hey, that's just good stuff. That's just good. That's just good quality music videos right there. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah. I'm about it. That sounds sound like cheap, but I'm keen. <laughs> sounds like an all right year to me, does that, to be honest, mate. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. It does, it does no, sound definitely. like an all right year. And, I mean, I'm even take, thinking about, like, all the albums that are potentially coming out in February. Not going to lie. Bad, Bad Omens album. That's yeah. That's February, I think. Problem is, because is, I want to have Bad Omens on the podcast, it might be tough having them on the podcast after you guys, because I might listen and be like, Maybe Envisions did it better. I don't know because I haven't listened to the whole entire thing yet. But I mean, I mean, if they're looking to have like you know the album of the month for February after listening to Deadlock, uh, I'll just bad moments. You have some serious fucking competition because this is fucking nuts. Yes, <laughs> mate. Fuck yeah. Thank you. That is and that is gonna, some solid energy. I'll say, it. you're gonna make us blush. Or instead, then you guys go on tour with Bad Omens. You guys both push both records, and you know everyone's happy. I can't believe we're Wait, a I've, podcast and you're flirting. I love that. I know, yeah. I'm, uh, I know, yeah. I feel 
feel all shy now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I'm feeling feel, feel all, you know, get the butterflies in me. Is this okay? <laughs> feeling good. What is this? <laughs> No, I have, I have. I've been listening to uh, to fact, I've been listening to that new Bad Omen, the death of the peace, death, death of the peace of mind, or something. Yeah, I've been listening to that a lot. I think I've listened to that about like six times today, and I never really listen to new music on repeat. Um, yeah, and there's no other singer. Like I was watching some of his stuff on YouTube. He's a fucking great producer. Like he just sits there and makes loads of beats and stuff. He's a pretty interesting guy. I'd like yeah. to uh, like to work with him. I'll be mint. Yeah, I'm just, I just had to pull up, you know, like, what song was the one that, like, from their new album? It's Artificial Suicide. That's the one from their new album right now with the singles that, like, I was on that latched on to because I've gotten a chance to see them one time. This is a bad one. I've got a chance to see them one time. And this was at Rockfest here in Wisconsin in 2021. And they don't allow moshing. Like, they're anti-moshing. What? Yeah, it's it's weird. But Bad Omens went on. And let's just say that I wasn't going to listen to that rule. And we got to go for about 15 seconds for uh, glass houses before all of a sudden security came in and broke up, like broke up the pit. They didn't kick anyone out. They just kind of stood around us and like made sure no one did. But in that 15 seconds, I, someone, someone sent their knee right to my head and I got a concussion during their show. And what makes me mad is the fact that I was like, I couldn't fully enjoy the rest of the show because for two reasons, one, I couldn't mosh because they weren't allowing it. There was some dude that looked like, super buff Corey Taylor standing behind me making sure I didn't do anything because he did the exact same thing during Memphis May Fire for that exact same festival but also like I had a concussion I'm like I'm I'm kind of like trying to figure out what the hell's going on here so I gotta go see him again I've had a couple of chances but at a festival I had to go there was another band that I've had in the podcast for that was playing the same time as them so I went to go support the band I've had in the podcast or then they had the Ice Nine Kills run. Yeah, I, I could only go see the first half of the run because that's when everyone was coming by me. And the closest place I was coming by me was like three, four hours away on a Tuesday. And I don't think I was going to make that drive on a Tuesday. So I'm like, I need I need to see me Bad Omens live again. So if Bad Omens and anyone that knows Bad Omens is listening to this, um, if you guys could do a tour <laughs> in the U.S. and bring Envisions over, that would be just, that would be swell. And plus, you guys got, you both have new records coming out in February. Yeah, like, this well, is we're perfect. I'm really making we're, this happen. Like this is this we're, is we're release release month buddies. Like, what more can you want? I don't know. More the stars, isn't it? Really, it is. Yeah. I think uh, I think we might need to tell them that it has to happen. <laughs> Hi boys, uh, let us come support you. That will be mint. Yours sincerely, <laughs> your sincerely envisions. <laughs> well i'll even put it this way and if i get a chance to have him on the podcast for the death of peace of mind uh like re- release i get to talk to him about it i'll just plant that little idea in their head and be like, hey, you might want to check this one out because you guys on the tour together trust me on this two new albums two great albums coming out in february you guys can ride that momentum together none of that but the energy of that show yikes be crazy That'd be crazy, man. I feel like you're just out here just building your dream packages. Like, this is it. You're like, <laughs> honestly, within the next six months, you're going to be a booking agent just like creating fucking US packages, just absolutely crushing it. Um, I'm all here for it, mate, as long as we're on them. Oh, dear God. I'm, all of a sudden, next you're going to see is like the Ghost Inside, Bad Omens, and Envisions, and then some other smaller metalcore band that I feel like is going to absolutely just like work so well to just like lead into everything. Oh my god! Go. Yeah, I'm gonna hey, probably have I'm, to make I'm this there happen. for it. I am there for it. Sign me up. And you guys all be done with the show, and all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, you know, everyone's walking out, and you're gonna see some guy in the pit, like literally, like trying to like crawl out of there. It's like, is that too <laughs> hurt? No, no, no. He just went so hard that he just kind of like all the adrenaline just like left his body once the show is over. 
Wait, do we know that guy? And all of a sudden, it's going to look you guys. Hey. What's hey, up? Hey, As long as you've tied your shoes, it's all worth it. <laughs> <That's> it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, honestly, I might need to just, like, have the shoes tied and then, like, put duct tape around them so that the slaces <laughs> stay tied and I don't lose them. Honestly, I'd probably do that, though. I would end up losing them in the pit. And if I lose them in the pit when you guys are playing... And you see a shoe flying in the air. If it lands on stage and it's a size 11 from the U.S., there's a very likely chance that I didn't throw it, but that shoe belongs to me. We'll do a, we'll do a Cinderella sniff check, mate. We'll give it a little uh, honk and then honk on your foot. And if the, the smells match, it's all yours. I'll say make make, uh, make Josh do it because he's on the podcast. They make him do it. Yeah, he likes smelling <laughs> yeah. feet anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, well, if honestly, you guys, if you guys can find a way to come over to the U.S. and get on some sort of tour package, for the love of God, please do it. Because with this record, with this album, with everything you guys got going on, I feel like it's the perfect time to act, have like this happen with this record. Of course, with the show's come back fully back now, it's like it's something that's gotta happen. So. If there's a way we can kind of find a way to like shop your name around to a bunch of bands, get you on a couple of packages over here to the U.S. and then just have you guys go absolutely ape crazy and then potentially give me another concussion in the pit from your music. <laughs> Honestly, it'll all be worth it. Mate, I'm, I'm there. there for I'm it, there. mate. I am as soon there as it happens, it. buddy. Sure, we'll do it for you, Kevin. Just for you, not for us. For we'll you. call it Kevin's tour. Yeah. <laughs> Watch it. You'll call it Kevin Stewart, and then like all the dates that you schedule, like the closest date to me will be like four or five hours away. I'm just gonna be like, ah, you gotta be kidding me, guys. And all of a sudden I get a message. Are you still coming to that show? I'm just go, you gotta be kidding me, guys. Are you still coming? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck me. We'll both have to fly to the show. It'll be insane. <laughs> I'll I'll find I'll if I if I want to go if I badly want to go to the show, I'll find a way to it. Trust me on that. I respect that. I love that, man. So as as we bring this podcast to a close, one thing I do want to say when it comes to the brand new Envisions album, Deadlock, when it comes out on February 11th, 2022, this is one thing I want to say. If you like metalcore, if you like rock metal, rock music, if you're just a fan of music in general, you're going to want to listen to Deadlock by Envisions. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be layer. It's going to be heavy. It's going to be impactful. It's going to have so many layers to it that those first nine songs, you're going to be like, oh, fuck yeah. And then all of a sudden, Inertia and Fall From Me are going to hit. And this album's going to take you in a whole different direction the way you want it to take you in that direction. And it's going to be a beautiful ending to one hell of an album. Easily a contender for one of the best albums of 2022 coming out right and Hell, we're not even into most of 2022 yet, and you guys are already putting out this strong of a showing. It's gonna be fun watching that like end of the year, uh, 2022 Alma of the Year like uh, tournament for Mr. Alan Harrington because I've got a feeling you guys are gonna end up going far in that thing. I fucking hope so, man. I fucking hope yeah. so. I hope so. So as we bring this podcast to a close, guys, I always like to give you guys a chance to say anything you want to say, plug whatever you want to plug, promote whatever you want to promote at the end of the podcast. So, gentlemen, the floor is yours. Deadlock, 11th of February. Make sure you pick that up. Help the store get some vinyl, some merch. We've got all sorts of great shit. We can ship that worldwide, you know. It comes direct from us. So everything everything you buy helps us. It helps go straight into the music videos, into everything that we do. But yeah, Deadlock, make sure you check it out. It's going to be a fucking beast. Sure is. See you in February the 11th. 
And hopefully we'll see you in the one. U.S. later this year. And hopefully we'll yeah. see you in the U.S. as well, yeah. I'll say we better see you guys in the U.S. So <laughs> here is how we're going to end this the way that I like to end it. Because there's usually three things I like to do when it comes to ending this these uh, little uh, podcasts that we like to do. So first things first is when it comes to Envision, when it comes to finding them online, you're going to want to stay in the know with them because you're going to want to know when they're going on tour. You're going to want to be in the know of all the things Deadlock when it comes out on February 11th, 2022. Don't forget that. You want to know where to pre-order the album, buy some merch, you know, just get connected with them, music videos, all that great stuff. You're going to want to stay in touch with them. So you're going to want to follow them on all the social media platforms, find all this stuff. One problem though, I know you guys, convenience is a great thing. Why go and search all this stuff up yourself when I could just go in the description of the podcast, say find Envisions online and just go all the way through and give you all the links, the labels. So it's a one-click, one-stop shop. You don't have any excuse not to get into Envisions, not listen to Deadline. I mean, you're going to have to do this. And also you're going to want to check out some merch because I'm checking out the vinyl variants and my God, they are sexy. Oh, damn. So let's find us vinyls. So, um, well, I'm going to just, I'm going to take care of this after the podcast, but I'm going to add that, uh, I'm going to add that alien green vinyl to my collection and get it for myself. So when I said I'm going to support the band, I'm going to fucking support the band. I'm getting me a vinyl album to play on this band. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> if you want, we'll have to, we'll have to fall with me onto it six times in a row on the side B if you want. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a bad idea. All right, guys, now kind of time for the second thing I like to end these podcasts with. And this is something that I like to do when it comes to bands having the podcast that I've absolutely enjoyed having on the podcast. It's a certain promise I like to make. And every single band or artist I've had on this podcast has gotten this promise from me. And you gentlemen, well, it's it's it pains me to say this, but you have not broken this streak yet, so you're getting the promise. So, well, not pains me to say it. I'm actually glad to say it. I just wanted to, you know, make a little bit of a <laughs> fun thing there. So, the yeah, promise I, I you guys, up, then. the promise you guys is this: it doesn't start with if. If implies possibility of not happening. It starts with when. When implies this is gonna fucking happen. We just don't know like the time frame yet. So, when I get to see you guys perform live for the first time, my promise to you guys is this: first round's on me. Hell oh, yes. yes. My Dude. guy. <laughs> yes. And hold me to it. And if for some reason I'm able to get you the first round, one thing I also p- could potentially do is, oh, I might just show up at the show, go see the show, and then just like, oh, I'll meet you guys at the van afterwards and then just come with a whole case of beer and be like, here. That sounds awesome, mate. As long as you like agree to help us drink the beer because, you know. I'm about we, we like to, we, yeah. We, you know, I was gonna, we I was, I was gonna say this, Lucas. I don't have a mini fridge that looks like a can of PBR that's full of beer in the corner of my living room for nothing. <laughs> See, I love that about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, when it comes to this podcast, I cannot, in all good conscience, end it with a goodbye. This is number three. Can't end it with a goodbye for a number of reasons. One, deadlock. This album is fucking awesome. You're not going to want to miss out for everyone listening to it, so I'm not going to miss out. I mean, I'm fucking ordering vinyl right when we're done with this thing. It's going to happen. Number two, I made the promise to you guys. I will see you live. First round's going to be me. If not, I'm bringing you that case of beer. And three, in the future, maybe sometime next year, I'd love to have you guys back in the podcasting because this was so much fucking fun. So is this goodbye? Hell no, it ain't goodbye. Gentlemen, this is. See you later. See you next time. Catch you later, dude. Well, folks, that was my interview with the guys. 
Alex, Lucas, and Ben from InVisions out of the United Kingdom. Their brand new album, Deadlock, is coming out on February 11th, 2022, and it has layers. I mean, you're going to listen to this thing multiple times through, and by the time you hit, you know, Inertia and uh, Fall With Me, my God, you're going to want to go back for more and more and more and more and more on this album. So you're going to want to stay in contact with the band. You're going to want to know everything about them when it comes to their concert dates, their tour dates, with anything that's coming out with the album release. You're going to want to pre-order it, pre-save it, you know, order some merch, whatever it might be. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to want to go and check out all their stuff, follow their stuff, subscribe to their stuff. I have links for everything in the description of the podcast. They'll say find InVisions online. Everything you need for them is right there. Click, follow, subscribe. Buy some merch, pre-order the album, pre- uh, save the album, whatever it might be. Do it because you're not going to want to miss out on Deadlock. Trust me on that. I mean, I bought a vinyl right after the recording of this episode. You're not going to want to miss out on either. Also, please follow us on the Court Progression Podcast, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, for all your crazy, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram content that we do, all our live streams, our IGTV videos, everything like that. Remember to follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Amazon and also subscribe to the YouTube channel because you get to watch the podcast videos. You know, why not? You can see some crazy stuff on there. I mean, hell, you've seen me fall out of my chair before. You've seen me knocking the camera out before with my head. Why not keep it up? We want to thank our sponsors, Phoenix Fitness and Custom Debuts. Links and their discount codes are in the description of the podcast. And man, I was thinking about this. In 2019, the band that absolutely took me by like freaking storm in terms of like the band that just catapulted into one of my favorites was ice nine kills in 2020 it was falling in reverse in 2021 it was we came as romans yes i know the, those bands have been around for a while but for me and my repertoire like that's when they really last on to me 2021 or 2022 i should say envisions my god deadlock just really started out strong it might be envisions it might be envisions not gonna lie so on that note that's gonna be for me today guys thank you for watching and listening to the chord progression podcast my name is kevin and you guys know how i and every single one of the big healthy and hearty see y'all yeah